Welcome to the Pubcast, your inside look at electronic publishing. From ebooks to websites to podcasts and more, join us as we interview the professionals on the cutting edge of publishing. Hello, and welcome to the Pubcast. My name is Jared Ettinger. I'm your host for this show. And with me is our guest, Caitlin Cook. Now, Caitlin, you have you are currently working for the video game website Destructoid, and are also uh, hiring for GitHub. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. Okay, cool. Uh, how are you doing tonight? Doing well. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. It's really rainy here in Boston, where we both are, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, well, actually, I'm just glad it's not snowing. Yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> We've moved over from winter and finally. All right. So <laughs> I have uh, a few questions I wanted to ask today for the show. So I guess I wanted to start with what's your sort of personal history with uh, website work? Did you study it or did you work on sites earlier before it really became a big part of your life? You know, I actually have no formal training at all. So I, um, I guess I started, I would say I started like back when, um, websites weren't really, I mean, they were a thing obviously, but they, we, there wasn't a lot around really formatting. It was very basic kind of HTML. There wasn't really a lot of thought around like UI or, or anything besides content. There were some like flashy things and, and some flashy things you could do with HTML. Um, so I started kind of, uh, not really developing, I would say. I just started kind of formatting like GeoCities pages back in the, the late 90s and early 2000s. Um, you know, I, uh, I was young then, so I had like just fan sites that I worked on, but essentially like nothing as it is today. So I kind of learned just the very basics of writing then and, and working with websites. Um, and then from there, I... Um, didn't really do much. I, I didn't study it in college or, or anything like that, but um, I came back to writing um, specifically for games um, shortly after college and then on to Destructoid. So no formal background, but um, just kind of tinkered with some things and, um, you know, learned kind of how a lot of sites uh, published content, but also like formatted in, in a sense um but it's come a long way since i i used to mess with it so <laughs> so uh yeah i guess uh perfectly transitioning from there um how's how has it been sort of writing uh in games and working for a site from like a multimedia perspective and how is online writing really how does it stand out for you yeah it's it's interesting because um when i used to you know when i was a reader when i was like absorbing the information it was just kind of you know you don't really think about like what goes into it or um you're just kind of consuming in a sense um but when i started when i was you know flipped around and, and started writing i had to learn a lot kind of off the bat about what um not just like 
content wise what to write about but in terms of uh, structure and a format of what people tend to read because a lot of people will um, click on something that you've written and stop reading it and click away if there's if you don't either catch them or if there's just some writing um, issues like the way that you format your articles so I had to learn a lot about that um, and uh, just through that just by practicing I, I got and by also reading other great writers I got an understanding of, of how to do that and through practice um, have been able to like publish a lot of I, I think hopefully are decent articles um, and like I said a lot goes into the multimedia part because it's not just about like what the content of your writing or how it's written but also um, you know adding all of the pieces uh, you'll need visuals videos um, sometimes like live stream connections as well um, and embedding all of that stuff goes into it and just thinking about how it's structured and laid out so that you publish it in a certain way that's appealing to your audience is very important too. Um, so all that is stuff that I've, I've learned mostly at Destructoid, um, some, somewhat at other, I used to write for other smaller sites before Destructoid and it wasn't as big of a thing there because they were smaller, but um, it's something that we think about a lot at Destructoid, so. Absolutely, yeah. The sort of presentation and the formatting is really important from a designer and a reader standpoint, I agree. And so uh, it's interesting that you learned a lot, or you're learning, I guess, a lot from your experience at Destructoid because it has one of the largest sort of online communities in the gaming sphere, and it has a really big readership. And so I want to know, what's it sort of like engaging with and interacting with such a lively community yeah you know it's actually I didn't even know um, before I knew about Destructoid like I knew of Destructoid um, but I had never really participated in the community stuff up until about five or six years ago and before that I didn't really you know there were comment sections and it was very rudimentary and um Lots of people would obviously comment on the content itself, but there wasn't, in at least this space, there wasn't a lot of community-oriented stuff, um, unless you kind of lurked on a forum somewhere, um, like on Penny Arcade or something like that. But that, um, again, wasn't really related to the, the editorial content, like the, the actual um, publishing part. So anyway, when I came to Destructoid, I uh, started... On their community blogs actually and um, was a very active member there and kind of transitioned through the main articles that way and so when I um, transitioned into being a writer uh, you know on the front page for them um, there was very interesting being able to also talk with reader and just like go back and forth and communicate because not a lot of sites kind of have that type of culture um, and Destructoid is really just a great place for that because people are a lot more like I think jokey and open and people know each other and recognize usernames and um you know as a writer who's I mean I haven't been there for a super long time compared to other people but for about five or so years it's been really cool to be able to um talk with folks and talk about opinions and like know about people's styles um versus like the anonymous kind of realm that people tend to live in when they post online so um, it's very different here at Destructoid in that sense. Um, sure yeah 
I can definitely see that from like looking at the pages and the comments and that sort of communication and uh, I guess it's also in terms of your other work with your uh, sort of promotion and hiring over at GitHub and how how would you say it's similar and how would you say it's different uh, in terms of the way you work at those different places? Yeah, it's um, they're very different jobs. So just destruct working at Destructoid is more of um, just kind of like a part time for fun uh, thing because I enjoy writing. GitHub is more of my full time job, um, and for GitHub I don't do any particular writing. Although I work on hiring there, so um, some of the responsibilities that I have are to kind of look over. Um, you know, job descriptions and do a, it's a very different type of writing. So it's it's more of like a standardization type thing um, and proofing versus, um, you know, like opinion, opinion writing. So that's it's like kind of two totally different worlds in that sense. Um, but, you know, it's there's also a lot of communication there, obviously, with candidates. So like relaying the correct information through a job description and, and carrying that over into communications is important um, versus Destructoid is, is more of like editorial, like writing. I mean, obviously there are opinion pieces, but there's also news pieces and reviews and, and a lot of kind of opinion-based um, information and uh, spreading that out to, to the community and the readership that way. So, um, but yeah, kind of two totally different worlds in that sense, um, but but yeah, so it's much more technical in that sense. Yeah, it's it's a lot more um, procured. So it's it's very like I said, more on like kind of the proofing and um, making sure things look polished. I mean, not that destructive it isn't polished, but that's more of kind of like an opinion based, just kind of like, um, you know, it, it can be interpreted differently, and it can be everybody kind of has their own uh, flavor that they bring to their mm -hmm. writing versus. You know, when you when you write job descriptions um, and and things of that nature, they have to be like in a sense uniform. Um, although there's a little room for you know for fun in there as well. So, yeah, in terms of designing, how would you say that? Do you have like a sort of formula in terms of aesthetic and putting things together that uh, is important with your work? Yeah, in, in terms of that, it's uh, so there's so there is a little bit of a formula when writing, uh, especially just depending on the type of um, piece that you're writing for Destructoid. There's in a sense you want to keep like a sense of pacing, and you can do that through writing as well as through visuals. So, for example, in a longer piece like like a review or um, an opinions piece, um, you don't want a giant block of text that's like the worst thing you can right. do because it like you said when a reader comes and and views you know what what you're writing about it it's it's hard for them to to follow and to to understand exactly if a your writing isn't super interesting or compelling but b it's just hard visually to follow when you if you don't correctly piece out your paragraphs and have breaks in between them as well um 
So in that sense, it's good to have like the different visuals kind of breaking that up and also not just random things either. Like you want to make sure that it's uh, appropriate to what you're writing, especially if it's an opinions piece. And Destructoid is kind of known for like its silliness. So in a lot of ways, um, you know, writers like Jonathan Holmes will kind of go in and just throw in like random pictures Mm -hmm. of like you know, Macho Man Randy Savage or something like that, even though the article has nothing to do about that. But that's kind of like a playful way of keeping the reader interested. It's like, you know, just a fun thing. Um, in terms of reviews, it's a, you know, you want to obviously be more serious with the way that you format um, and more prescribed. So the visuals there are obviously going to be of the game or related to the game, either screenshots or um, like procured assets. Uh, most publishers and developers will send you assets for that purpose um so you you know you always want to make sure that we use those appropriately um and also like when you're talking about a game it's good to kind of match the visuals to what you're talking about um especially in a review if there's like a particular scene you're talking about or like a flaw you know if you want to capture that in a visual that's kind of important too versus having like a random image thrown in there so there's definitely a story to tell you know, through the visuals as well. Right. Well, I guess uh, I think that's interesting because I know when some developers or publishers try to promote a game, sometimes the images they send are like more high quality or more like trying to present the game in a better light and that might not really show the flaws that you want to talk about is how do you sort of go about handling that? Yeah, you're right. So in a sense, they're obviously not going to send you pictures of like broken things. Um, I mean, it hasn't been too often that I've played a game and come across like something so game breaking that I have to capture it. I usually um, kind of write about it and then we'll have a picture that like will be as close as possible. If there is something that I can capture, like, especially if it's on PC, it's obviously a lot easier to do that versus on, um, you know, a console. Um, You know, I can go ahead and just screenshot it and and put it in there as well. Um, But you want to kind of make sure that your pictures are uniform too, in a sense, like the quality as well as the, the, you don't want like a picture that's too out of place. Um, Because it can kind of disrupt things. But, but yeah, so I haven't had too many situations where I've had to like do that specifically for the most part the the developers pictures are or the publishers pictures are are usually fine because it is most of the time of the gameplay (laughs) actually like pretty much all of the time it's the actual gameplay um so that's you know it's it's not always too terrible of a idea that's good that's good um so you're also uh very active on social media and how do you think, how have you sort of navigated that and how has that impacted the communication aspect for you? Yeah, you know what's funny? I <laughs> I just, um, I opened a Twitter account like years after I should have. I guess I just didn't understand it at first. Um, and a lot of people were kind of asking me like, oh, what's your Twitter account? Like, what do you, t-? and I was like, I don't have one. So eventually I just made one because a, a lot of um you know, people that I would meet at PAX or whatever would ask me. Um, and I wasn't quite sure what to do with it at first. So a lot of the time I just spent time kind of 
just sharing my own thoughts and still now I, I share a lot of personal thoughts on there. But I had started to understand to use it more from like a not a promotion perspective, but more of like a destructoid related um, perspective. So tweeting out about any like relevant articles that I've written or, or you know my fellow um, writers have written, um, but also engaging with people from across different um, different websites, like networking, I guess. Uh, it's like a big thing that I didn't understand at first that Twitter could be used for. I thought it was just like, okay, like you have 140 characters, go, like figure it out, you know. <laughs> but um, you can actually connect with a lot of people in the industry through Twitter versus, you know, through another social media site like Facebook. Not a lot of people want to like open up their profiles that way, but Twitter is very open. It's a very transparent space. So I found that um, – you know, by communicating with these other writers and kind of sharing each other's articles and getting the word out there, even for um, games, like indie games, it's been just a really cool platform to be able to share what people are working on and kind of be able to talk to people, you know, direct message um, people and, and talk about video games. So in, in any case, it's it's a really great way to communicate, not j- only with um, my audience, but also with other people in the industry too and just be able to share like information oh yeah absolutely twitter is really integral to sort of forming new relationships uh i know from personal experience because i host a uh, gaming radio show for emerson college and i i've talk to a lot of like game designers or composers or various people around there that I want to have on the show to interview and that's been it's been really helpful for me have you found yourself like doing any collaborative projects or things uh physically like arising from your from meeting and discussing things with people on there? Yeah, actually, um, I've, <laughs> you know, just, we've joked around a lot, like, you know, Twitter's like a platform for just throwing around jokes and stuff, and from one of those jokes, we actually, um, I got involved with a podcast, <laughs> um, so like just uh, being on Podtoid, but, uh, which is one of Destructoid's podcasts, but also, um another podcast called fist shark marketing um you know with conrad zimmerman and jim sterling it's actually not it's not even gaming related at all it's just a improv uh podcast but something that has kind of sprung from being active on there and um talking with them it's just you know these projects kind of come to life because it's it's a way for people to communicate quickly and i in some sense i feel like the less planning you do, the more things get done, especially in this industry. So Twitter is a great way to kind of just talk to people and, and like figure out like a plan of something like, you know, kind of quickly. But um, but yeah, I'm trying to think if there have been other instances like like in person, not projects, but like in person meetups, obviously, like it's good for quick communications that way or events like if there are events going on, just even just if you're not talking to anybody, just looking at your Twitter feed and seeing what people are saying will give you an indication of like what's going on at an event or if there's like a specific panel or something like that, especially if you're at, you know, E3 or PAX or like a big industry event. 
Um, so it's good to kind of connect quickly that way too. Oh yeah, especially when working with news and just how quickly it breaks on Twitter and it, how how essential it is to really keep on top of that. It, it, I mean, it really is. Like I, again, I had no idea. Like I should have had Twitter the day it was created. <laughs> <laughs> just like had no idea how useful it was at first, but. Like I always, now I'm always checking it. Even if I'm not tweeting a lot, I always check my feed to see what's happening. Honestly, that's how I see how a lot of news breaks too. Not even just in our industry, but everywhere, you know, across the world. It's like you can, I mean, perfect example is Ferguson. Like oh, yeah. if you just, for weeks, just looking at your Twitter feed, it's like you can learn so much. And all these articles are linked from there. It's it's like a platform for really quick kind of absorption of the news. Absolutely, yeah. Um, so, do you have uh, any experience working with like analytics and SEO and uh, things like that in order to get a better sense of how much your work is reaching? and uh keeping on top of that um you know when i not so no not in like a actual sense uh, i did a little bit of analytics very basic through through google analytics when i ran um my personal blog um which isn't active anymore but when i did run it i kind of would take a look through where people were coming from and like who my audience was that way and surprisingly found a lot of people from around the world, um, even though I didn't really do any kind of um, SEO or any kind of advertising at all, um, any thought into that. There were a lot of, um, or not a lot, but some articles that I had written and I would get like thousands and thousands of views on them, even though my readership wasn't on average that amount, you know, month to month. Um, and I quickly understood why it was because the way I was make I was creating my blog titles um, were, were popular search results on Google, like the keyword, not just the keywords, but some of the phrases that I had written unknowingly were like already hitting SEO. So <laughs> I was getting a lot of um, a lot of traffic from from that, and it was just surprising to me because the content of those article specific articles weren't anything to me like you know, groundbreaking or, or special. It was just the way I had written um, some of those keywords and phrases that had attracted uh, a lot of views. So, so yeah, so I don't, I don't do that currently at Destructoid. That's um, kind of behind the scenes. Actually, Nero does a lot of that. Um, but when I did kind of run my own personal blog, I, I got into it a little bit into reading the analytics and like understanding where people were coming from and why I was getting, you know, like only a hundred hits on one article and then like 5,000 on another. It was, uh, which is not a lot, but it was a, you know, a personal blog. So I thought it was a lot for not doing any kind of advertising. Hmm, that's really fascinating. Yeah. Understanding sort of the distinction and how those things rise up in the naming. Yeah. Um, so I think that's, that's a bit about it. That's all the questions I had lined up. Uh, was there anything else you wanted to add? Um, no. Thanks for interviewing me. Of course, yeah. 
Uh, so where can our listeners find your work? Um, Destructoid. <laughs> so, um, yep, just destructoid.com. And then we have, uh, um, what's the word? Like a little section on the side that shows all of the writers and like our profiles and our community blogs. And you can kind of check more out there. So, yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Cool. Uh, so uh, keep it locked on the podcast for more interviews and we will see you next week with a different host and you can follow us at at pb403 on twitter and i'm at mr jettinger and you're at kate fit right yep that's correct okay cool all right so thank you for listening and uh, good night This has been The Pubcast. Find more episodes, read our blog, or send feedback by visiting us on the web at www.thepubcast.org.